This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, um, so, Freilich uh, Hanukkah, everybody. Um, the, like, usually we take a piece from a sefer that deals with some um, topic, something about Hanukkah, and let me just in a minute of introduction about what the Sefer is. I think it's always important when you look at a Sefer to know who you're learning from. And this Sefer is called Orgidalio. It was written by Rabbi Dalia Shaw. Rabbi Dalia Shaw was, I guess, from the first American Rosh Hashivas. He was born in Europe in 1910, but he came to America when he was a young boy. He learned to Torah Vadas and was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. At the age of 22, 23, Rosh Hashiva Hyman had become sick, and it gave him to say the highest share. Rosh Hyman was a Rabbi's prized Talmud, and he was taken over the share at that age. He was, Rabbi Kotler said, he's the first American genius that he ever met, the first American Ilui. He learned in Europe some part of the time, learned in Kletsk, and came back to America really at the last moment. He also was a, um, he, he had an extremely um, deep um, interest in machshava of a Hasidish type. He was one of those people who brought into the yeshiva world the genre of machshava that draws very deeply from Hasidish Makoros. He himself came from Hasidish home, his parents were originals. And, so, and, and he himself had a way of giving over the Hasidic thought in ways that really people could relate to. Um, uh, he died fairly young. He was 69. He died in 1979. Um, I remember the Israel. And of course, there's a Silver Spring connection. Uh, Dr. Jacob Shore, who lives here, lived here, sometimes lives here, is either a first cousin or a nephew. I don't remember the exact, but, but it's the same Shore family. They put out from him an extremely, um, a, 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 an extremely profound and enjoyable work on uh, it's on Chumash and Yom Tovim, three volumes, three not big volumes. It's his last three years of Shurim. He had much more. I don't know if they didn't record it, if they're just not putting it out, but definitely um, his Shurim are extremely thought provoking, and they open up a whole world of the Hasidic thinking in, in in a type of language and structure that we can relate to. So we're going to see the piece on its, its two sides. Um, on page 72, this test, and let's, let's first um, give a, 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 a sense of what his point is. What's he addressing? What's the issue? What's he dealing with? The word to forget is a simple mental description of something that we don't remember. We can forget something. Shachachti is a word that, um, that uh, it makes sense. I forgot something. That makes sense. I can say in Hebrew, nishkach. Something um, was forgotten. With time, it became neglected and was forgotten. Also, a, 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 a form of the word that makes sense. Lehashkiach is difficult. To cause the other to forget 
Um, where do I use that type of word? I caused him to forget. I mean, in English we would say, I jarred his memory. But what does it mean, I jarred his forgetting? I caused him to forget. It's not something that really we could... So yes, I, I know we can, it means that they would, they would make so many xeros, and they would forsake it. And the, so a, possibly a better um, translation would be to cause them to forsake so Lashkir would not mean so much to forget, but to forsake. That's, the, that's a central issue. What he's going to try to explain is the concept of shikha um, in a way that does make sense, that it's about forgetting Torah, and it will deal with the issue of the concept of shikha in a Torah perspective. So we'll start test. Lashkicham Torah they wanted to cause Shikha Satora. And in general, I, I, I'd like to um, just even, even using this phrase itself, Shikha Satora. We can speak, if I, tell, if I test a student in the school and he doesn't know his material well, I don't speak about his forgetting of history or forgetting of Chumash. I speak about not putting enough effort to remember it. For, for, we, we just talk about memory as being what you need to do and forgetting as being a default setting. We forget stuff unless we repeat it enough times and, and you know, use mnemonic devices and so on. Why would, why would shikha be the act of it? So he said, but there is the concept of shikha zator. Shikha zator is used in many places. And, 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 and uh, many times it's, it's seen as the evil is the forgetting of it rather than the positive of remembering. We see that the Yavanim actually touched that point of it, it, causing shikha zator. Where? So he brings this. The Mishnah Sota says, Mishemes Yosef ben Yoezer Batlu Eshkolos. When Yosef ben Yoezer died, the Eshkolos became Batl. The word Eshkol in, in, in the context that the Mishnah is using doesn't have parallels to it. What is the word Eshkol? Eshkol means a, a, a cluster of grapes. What, what, what does it mean, Batl Eshkolos? Mefarish Maya Eshkolos, Amir Ish. The person who has everything. Now, the normal interpretation is sort of like, sort of, I guess, a Renaissance man. He knows this, and he knows this, and he knows this. And in modern, in modern jargon, uh, um, when you talk about ishresh kolot, it is, it is a, a word used in Hebrew, mostly like for Gestevanas and for, for Matsevas. You know, ishresh kolot means like a Renaissance man. He knew everything, was involved in a lot of things. But the Gemara, Rashi gives a, the Gemara says a very different shot. Rashi says, upirish Rashi. Torah ba'amita, Torah the way it really is, ve'en doifi ve'shikha u'machlokes. In other words, when we have Torah, it's not clear. It's something that's missing in the clarity of it. How so? Um, so Rashi itemizes three things. There's doifi. That's an intentional perversion of Torah, where we pervert the meaning of it. So I have, I can quote to you the Chazal and the Psukim, but I twist the meaning, that's Dofi. Shikha, I forget pieces and chunks of it. 
so when I present Torah and I'm missing a critical piece of information, that Torah is lacking. It's not complete. It's not what it is. It's not the way it should be. And um, and third of all, he says the umachlokus. Machlokus is caused not by ill will when you have a machlokus in Torah, but by ambiguity, and you don't know what it means exactly. So all of these are a distorted image of Torah. It's like when you see something through a lens that's, that, that's not sharply focused, or there's some chromatic aberration in the, in the, in the, in the um, lens, you, you see a picture that's yes, but not quite what it ought to be. So, Yosef and Yeez is the person that one of the key elements that, that came to an end was a Torah that didn't have a shikha to it. And that's why it's called, a kolbo doesn't mean many disciplines, but Torah in its entirety, exactly the way it's supposed to be. Now he says, he was he was one of the one of the, the, the zugos. Now, I've seen this quoted in a few places. I don't know what the primary source for that is. That Yosef was killed by Ivan. It says that he was killed, that he was martyred. The connection Ivan I've seen in, in a few svarim, most svarim. I don't know where the primary marker in the medrash is, but I, I will take it on faith. Rebbe says it. Others say it. Ve'az bi'imei mischilo yivanim ve'nereg al yadam. Ve'az bi'imei mischoshikas atorah ve'toreshesh bedofa machlokas. So he says. So you see that they killed a person who represented the last of the people without Shikas HaTorah. And there he says, I find some sort of an allusion to the fact that there is um, a, a Shikas HaTorah was brought about by Ivanim. It's certainly not the primary issue that they killed Yismeza, but it, it, it gives us a sense that that was where their activity was focused on. Okay, so now let's explain a little bit what this Shikha is. Um, uh, uh, just a, uh, another point before we go on. We tend to think of shikha, you know, anything that's a dry neurological, psychological phenomena doesn't carry Torah value with it. For instance, how quickly do I understand that somebody introduced an idea to me? That's, it's, it's, I'm not a good person if I can do it, if I hop a shit like this. I'm not a bad person if I can't. It's whatever Kaddish Baruch gave me. The same thing is true, one would think of memory. That some people, they look at a list, and then they can repeat it, a string of numbers, they can repeat it backwards and forwards, upwards and downwards, and so on. That's not, I couldn't call a person a tzaddik, if he remembers everything because he's got that type of memory. And I couldn't call a person of Russia if he doesn't remember because he doesn't have good memory. I could say if you'd review it more, if you'd learn it more. But, but that's not really something that... I'm, I can't be talking about that description and, 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 and tagging onto it um, a, 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 a marker for good or bad. We're talking about something else. And he says... So let's let's um, discuss what he says over here, and this is the first very important point. 
Um, Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave us computers, so we have a lot of good Mishalom. Computers are phenomenal for Mishalom. You have a, a, a computer has two memories, two types of memory. It has a hard drive, which can store, um, depending on how much money you paid for it, it can store a thousand gigabyte of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff in that. Um, we call it Terracula Plus. That's a hard drive. And there's something called the RAM, that's the memory that the computer's working on. When you want to take something from the hard drive, it takes some time for it to be pulled from the hard drive. When it's whatever is on the memory, on the RAM, that is what it's working with now. And that is on the table, so to speak. God forbid people who've lost their memories to some, to many, to, to some degree. There's a sharp distinction. A person can be living in a bubble of a few minutes of time where he remembers. Because it's a very different type of memory. There's a memory, sort of a storage place, where I keep all sorts of facts and figures and stuff. And then there is whatever I'm living now, obviously requires, I, I need simultaneously to remember there's light, there's a floor, and there's a chair, but it's all in front of me. This is what I'm living. So Torah itself, if a person identifies it with Lifne Hashem, so a person, when he's learning it, he, he, he's living it. And then when he's living it, um, there's no, it's, it's not that he has a good memory. It doesn't go into the hard drive, into the storage place where you put stuff away and so on. It's in front of the table. It's, 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 it's who you are and where you are. If it's some, for instance, let's take an example, stuff that you study at school. Even if you studied well and know it, and you're not in that field. You, you learned history, you studied history well. You got hundreds and you aced it and everything. Today you're working in a very different area. You'll have to recall it. But something that you're living now, you have it there. I want to share a muscle. Um, I used to teach in Eishat Torah. And I know of Weinberg, who was Rosh Hashiva. Um, he, he, wanted, he, he had a tremendous um, wisdom of life. A lot of his Torah, and it, 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 it enthralled people who came, was how much life wisdom he found in the Torah. That was one of his um, extraordinary abilities. And I remember a marshal he gave about remembering what you learned. He said, if in, in Israel, before everything became a supermarket, everything was a makolet. For those of us who, who want to admit how old we are, remember grocery stores. Um, and the makolet was owned by one guy, and, usually, and he ran the whole thing and worked 14, 15 hours a day. He said, do you ever walk into a makolet and ask the guy... Tell me, where, where do you have brown rice? And the guy would say, brown rice? That sounds so familiar. You know, it, it's somewhere on top. It might be on the left side, the right side, in the back. I'm not sure. So you never hear the guy say that. He immediately tells you, it's down here, two shelves up, and I have a special on it. And, and, and uh, you know, take it down and so on. He says, do they have to pass like an exam? Do they have to have like an infallible memory to become a balamakolet? Didn't never notice a correlation between extraordinary mental abilities and owning a makolet. He said, it's because he lives it all day long. 
the only thing in his mind is, oh, we're running out of rice. Is someone going to buy rice? Should we get more rice? Who, who, who gets a better deal on rice? Maybe it won't be rice. It's, rice. it's the rice and the cheese and noodles. That's where he lives. It's not memory of the type in the hard drive. It's the type of stuff that you keep in front of you. So if a person learns Torah and it's a storehouse of knowledge, so fine. So that gets put into the hard drive and some people have big capacity, some have small capacity, some have um, good connection to hard drive and it's easy to, to fish out stuff, but some don't. That, that's in the hard drive. The stuff that's in the RAM, the stuff that the computer is now using, that doesn't, that's a very different type of memory. That's there. It's instantaneous because that's where you are. So Torah itself has, on the surface of it, it's information, it's facts. Yes, the author is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore it belongs in the world of facts and figures. Or a person can understand it as Lifnei Hashem. And when something is Lifnei Hashem, you're there, you're living it. And that's what he says over here. Um, and now he says pshat, and like all pshatim, in terms of it being the simple meaning of the words it's not, but in terms of conveying an extraordinary truth, it certainly is it says in the, we say in Davening there's no what it means is doesn't forget the Hasidic world gave it a taich. If you have the sense of standing in front of Yisagavad, you don't forget. Um, Where do we see this expressed um, in, 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 more strongly? V'chem Matzina says, She'omru etzel aluchos arishonos lemeidim v'lohoyu shochechim. It says that they would learn when the luchos hashanos were given. We would learn and not forget. Ki ba luchos harishonos shehoylem dveikus baborei legamrei v'vayi bedagas shani amartel himatem with the elin kulchem also hoyse shikas ter klal. So he says he explains why. Why was it that when we studied the first luchos we never forgot? Now let's understand this. The first luchos had more Ketusha, they were high Madrega, everything good. What's it got to do with us? If we were in a different Madrega, I understand. But if the first, but if the Luchos are different Madrega, what difference does it make to us? What difference does it make to us which safe we're learning from? If we have a good head, we'll remember. If we care to remember, we'll remember. So he says, Luchos are Rishonos, because they were completely Dovok and HaKadosh Baruch when they learned it. So that learning had the sense of imminence in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore it, it was that type of, of Kesher that you stood in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That was the Madrig of the people as they learned it, and therefore they could not be forgetting. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that when you were learning the first Luchos, you were as if you were as close to Hashem as could be. Next page over here. So he says, what the Yivanim succeeded in doing was 
they weren't against knowledge and learning and studying. Anthropology is, is, is a valid course, and certainly knowing about everything is wonderful, but it's academic. It's not something that attaches itself to your life force. It's not part of you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's knowledge, ideas, facts, studies. So the Hashem means no longer did you see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in front of you. There was, it, it was knowledge, it was book knowledge, not living attached knowledge. And that's where Shekhar came in. I, I want to read something, a medrash, that really, really brings out his point. It's a Yalkut Shemoni in Yeshayahu. Um, and it speaks, it's going on the Cholbanayach, the Mudi Hashem, and so on. Oma Karish Baruchu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Klal Yisrael, Ba'olam hazeh, in this world, Yisrael lemedim Torah mibas v'adam. We learn Torah from somebody flesh and blood. Every Rebbe of ours, Tulmash Rabbeinu, lefikach meshakchin oisa, shenitna de moishe sheibas v'adam. They forgot it, because it was given at the end of the day by flesh and blood, Moish Rabbeinu. And why? Why does it make a difference who teaches it? Because just like somebody of flesh and blood doesn't last, he's ephemeral, he passes on, so too is Torah. In other words, I can never take the words of a person and, and make it something so significant that I feel this is the essence of life itself. Because this is one person, one opinion, one idea, one teaching. The person passes on, his teaching passes on. Avali says, so he says, the, 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 a person, because if I feel that I'm attached to the very, very heart of the world, to the essence of the world, then I don't relegate it to the side. This becomes the thing, the, the, the core of my being, and therefore it doesn't go, it doesn't become, uh, it, it does not become forgotten. That's one point he says. He, he, so the first point he says is whether you forget something or not depends where you relegate it to. To the side things, to the important things, to the most important things. Let's take another example. Um, and half the people in the room. Fathers tend to forget things that the children needed to have done for them. It's, it's a weakness of fathers, a common weakness. Mothers never forget what the child needed. And there's a very simple reason. A a father knows it's important. But but it's, it's, it's a duty and obligation to do. A mother lives the child. And therefore, the child's needs are, 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 are in the core of, of her being, not an additional chore. It's not a chore, it's not an obligation, it's not a duty. It's her, in a way that a father doesn't have. Because when, whenever you feel something is part of your very essence, 
you don't forget it because it's a whole different type of memory. It's not storage memory, it's memory of living it now. He says a second point, and this second point piggybacks on the first one. Let's, let's um, discuss this as well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a tremendous gift, and that's called habit. A, a child, when he learns how to walk, needs to focus 100% on it. He, he focuses and he's, he's completely caught up with it because he's, he's, he's got to learn how to walk. As he gets proficient at walking, he relegates it to habit, and he forgets about it, and he doesn't remember it. And the same thing, whatever, we, we, whatever, whatever profession we're on, the first few times we do it, we need to focus 100% on it, and it, it, it becomes part of the, of the now. As we become proficient, and as the thing itself becomes habit, it moves to a different area of the brain, and it no longer is that central spot. That is the, 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 the difference between new and old. Old means as soon as I don't need to focus on it, it moves. If let's say, if, let's take an example, a soldier who's in a battle. So he doesn't know what to expect any time. So he's constantly on edge and he's, and he's never ought to let his guard down because it's not what was. It's always who knows what surprise is waiting for me now. So those items that I put on autopilot go to autopilot. And the, so the old means it's already there. The new means I need to be occupied with it now. So he says a fascinating how, a point he brings out. It says, it says there was a mitzvah to take a flask of man and to leave it in the in the Kodesh Kedoshim, to leave it in the Kodesh in, in, in order that it serve as a memory for generations to come. So the Tzafas Paneach, that's the Ragachov, asks a halachic question. Hey, Yerbazet, shall I be man or your paisalina? Why is it the so yes, a lot of question. Now it's not a really, really strong question because Hashem said you should do it. So it obviously is overriding any other commandments. But he's asking a thought question. The mon could not stay overnight. There are many, any, most items in the Beis Hamikdash. Leaving it overnight caused it to become puzzle, and it's called lina, sleeping over. The reason for it is very simple. I mean, there's a simple reason for it. Something that's yesterday. When you go into a place and the bread is yesterday's and two days ago and three days ago, it's not fresh. You don't serve stuff to somebody important that's stale. If a day went by, it became stale. There's a, in, in Israeli yeshivas, when I came to the yeshivas, bread was a staple. Um, it was subsidized by the government, it was the cheapest thing, and it was with the old European mentality that bread is the healthiest thing for you, and you can always find something to put on the bread. You can you have your choice, um, as I, 
I had a, a roommate, a Silver Spring boy, Abbas Betner, who said people complain about the yeshiva that there's no choice for supper. It's definitely not true. You can choose between putting margarine on the bread or jam on the bread. And there are two types of jam. So there's actually three choices, and you can choose not to. So, so you have a full range of choices. That was, uh, I assure you, he said it with tongue in, in sheep, but that was his. Ex- uh, so this is bread. They realized that if the bread is fresh, people would eat more of it. And the yeshivas were... So I remember the mayor, they would never serve fresh bread. They would serve um, the, the, the yesterday's bread. It was, it was okay, but it was... It, it, you didn't have the same cheshek as it would be today's. Um, and I remember there was, in, in Heaven Yeshiva, a bacha once came to the kitchen staff and said, may I ask, when will you finally serve the fresh bread? And everyone said, yes, tomorrow. You know, the, 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 something that, that stays over a day is not fresh. So it's a, it's a, it's a bazillion. It's, it's, it's highly appropriate for something kadosh to leave it over. The man came in Hashemayim to leave it for the next day. Besides the lack of bitachon, it also had that sense of kadosh, you can't leave it. So he says, so here the Akadosh Baruch take man and leave it forever there. So, so it's not a halachic question, really. The question is not, it's one, one tzivu overrides the other one. One command overrides the other. But in, in thought, how do we understand this being exceptional? So he says a, a beautiful point. He says, it says in the Pasik, V'hanach oso lifnei Hashem. Ach bahamon shehinicho lifnei Hashem. Loho yeshayachzeh. Because the man was in the presence of Kaddish Baruch Hu, it never ever became stale. It, it's, it's just like, if I ask you, do you remember something that happened a day ago? A little bit stale. Do you remember something that happened a year ago? A lot more stale. When, I, when someone's in front of me, do you remember? Let's say I'm, I'm sitting with somebody for an hour, for a day, for a week. Does it make sense? Do you remember him? What do you mean I remember him? I, I, I'm with him. Everything in the world that, that is in, 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 in together, in communion with Lifnei Hashem, is, n- is not aging at all. So he As long as you're in that mode of being Lifnei Hashem, the same thing is true by a person. If a person feels that he, if, if we take the mitzvahs as something that was given to us, the longer ta- time passes, the less we feel obligated, or maybe we feel always obligated, but the less do we feel stimulated to do it. But if we hear the Kail Hashem now, we, 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 we jump. <speaking in Hebrew> Because it, it, it's, it, it's now, not yesterday. So he's making a second point which sort of reinforces and gives a, more of, of a foundation than I said before. I, I want to add a point that he doesn't say, but I think lies within the point he's making. When we study the, the, the Greeks, who were the first one to understand that the world has a natural order, it means that the world is not at the whim of gods 
the, the, the mentality of people before the, the Greek Enlightenment was that, you know, the gods are busy doing everything and so on and so forth. They said, it's not true. We can plot this, we can plot that. We can, everything has an algorithm and it runs naturally. Anything that has an algorithm means it was put into place once and now it's, it's automatic. The same, I, I relegate it to the world of the automatic, means it becomes old. The, the, the sun is not rising and, 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 and setting because something that happened now. Once something goes into an orbit, it stays that way unless it stops. So, so the entire process of looking for natural Connections and, 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 and the natural as being the explanation for the world means that the world was, not the world is. We say, because if Hashem is there, so yes, Hashem uses a natural order and He will continue to do so. But it's always there's a hand guiding it. And within that world, there's constant Hashkacha. But if you don't see it that way, so, so, so the Yavanim's point. In, in the core of, 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 of their perspective on the world was to look at the world as what was, will be. Whereas our perspective through Amunah is, is it's now because it's now because it's now. Abachat means it's the same laws of nature, but they exist because. Let me give an example, and I want to, um, and, and an analogy. It'll help us understand how we see our Amunah and so on. Um, Imagine there's a company that has a, a big company and has different job openings. Or better said, has different job needs. They need somebody to do research. They need somebody to produce the stuff. They need somebody to work. They need somebody to do the books, to be an accountant. So if I get the job as the accountant, there's no guarantee I won't be fired. But once I have the job, I have the job. There's a job there, and I'm doing it. And I was told that I'm the one that does it. And the reason why I'm the accountant today is because I was hired 10 years ago to be an accountant. Imagine that I'm not an accountant, but I'm like the favorite nephew of the boss, and he knows that I'm a shlamazel, I can't do very much. So he says, you sit in the office in the corner there, you know, do whatever you want, and you'll get a check every, every month. And this goes on for five years, 10 years. I, I can't... Um, it, it's, it's not right to say, well... I get the check because it's 10 years and it's been going on, so, so, so you know, what was will be. Uh, if anything, it's probably a reason why it will not be. But, 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 but it's, and the reason I got a check today was because today, out of the goodness of his heart, he decided he wants to, he wants to keep me floating. It's, if, so yes, it's the same check and the same office and the same computer, but, but, but the, the reason for it is today, not yesterday, not 10 years ago. If we, if the world certainly works through a structure of teva of nature, but that structure is 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 there because Hashem wants it now, not because it is natural that things continue as they were. That law itself is is a, is a constant ruatz That's it's a point to take what he said about yoshnes hatshus and to even explain it in terms of the very very difference in perspectives between Yavin and Kaiser. And finally, a third point, also along this axis. Shikha Yesha Shaykh's Lamisa Gamke. Shikha also has an analogy to death. Kilamashal. Ha'ada Machai Chaf Shanim, Vinikra Ben Chaf. Bama Yesha Ila Chaf Shanim Tsiruf, Achinikra Ben Chaf. 
רק על ידי מה שבכל רגע לא אומר איזה דובר, ובכל רגע יש לה קשר ברגע שאחר כך, ויש כאן ציר של חוף שנים. So he makes the following point. Let's add a chazal to what he says. It says that until Avram Avinu, there was no zikna in the world. Avram is the first time we find the concept of zikna mentioned. Avram zok in Boba Yomim. And it says that with Avram is when zikna came to the world. And it says why. Why did Avram want zikna? He says, well, I'll walk in with my son to a simcha. They don't know who they should see in the Mizrach and who they should say, help yourself in the back. This way, I'm, I have a white beard, I can sort of creaky when I walk, they, they put me up in the Mizrach, and my son, they tell, find yourself something in the back. I don't know, I have a little, we have a little bit of a hard time giving a curse at Tov to Avram Avina for that. Like, what was, what was the point of it? What was the point of it? it and, it's, and it's important enough that Chazal make a big to-do about it. And, it, and the Pasuk, by saying Avram Zuck, and the Pasuk says, now Zikna started. What, what does it mean? And the, and the Pshad is, this goes to the heart of what Avram was. If I have a cow that's been in my backyard for 20 years, yes, technically I say it's a 20-year-old cow, but it means nothing. It just means for 20 years this cow's been feeding here, and it probably is not going to last much longer. That's all it means. But are you a person, when I say he's a Ben Shivim or Ben Shmonim, Chazal tell us, because a person, if he lives his life properly, the years accumulate. Every year is something learned, understood, added. And the zikna means I'm walking in with 70 years worth of knowledge, experience. Chazal said in front of a guy who's old, we have to stand up, because he's gone through a lot in life. And that means he's learned a lot. There's a wisdom that comes with the accumulated knowledge of time. So, 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 so zikna is something that means the person has all these years. A person who lives for the day. So, so yes, there have been, there've been 70 years worth of days. But that's it. There's not, there's not zikna. So he says, if a person imagine forgets. Um, if a person forgets that, that day, so that day is gone. It doesn't add up to anything else. And it's like it doesn't exist. I can't say I have this accumulated time. Means, again, this is a very famous passage He arrived with the days. He, he, he used every moment and it accumulated in his storehouse of wisdom and knowledge. I want to add an observation. When Lower Lena were faced with somebody who's nifter, it's a very, very, it's a difficult moment. And part of it is, besides the loss of, of, of that person, we also, every person is reminded of his own mortality. We are all mortal, and it hits home our own mortality. Another extremely difficult experience for us is when we see somebody whose memory is going. And you can ask yourself, why is it so difficult? Yes, it's helpful to have memory, but you know, the, the, you know, it's 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 um, it, it, if the person is happy and functioning in, in the environment that he is, so what? And the answer is because that's the person. The person, if 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 if, if we have a balchai and the balchai forgot, I don't what what a, what an animal remembers or doesn't remember, it's irrelevant. As long as it's happy and content now, it's fine. 
a human being, the years are meant to accumulate. A ben shivim is a ben shivim. He's a 70-year-old means he has 70 years worth of life. And if and if our memory falters, then, we, then we've lost part of ourselves. And that's why it's such a difficult experience for us when, when we see it. So he says, Shikha is, it has a sense of misetit. Where it says there was no longer Misa. Luchas Hashem is an experience that brought Adam back to the way Adam original was. Before the hate, there was no Misa, there was no Shikha, and it was all life. Because forgetting and dying are one and the same. A person is not just the here and the now. A person is everything has accumulated. And whatever part of us melts away, that's a certain type of, of Misa, he says. Okay, and finally he finishes up, um, and he says, let's finish that paragraph there. Um, so when a person is, is um, when a person has that sense of lifne Hashem, means he's alive. Um, it's, it, the difference is, it's like when you're running on batteries or you're plugged into a plug. Lifne Hashem means I'm standing there and my chiyus, my life force, is from the now. Not from when a Baruch Hu charged my batteries when I was born, but I receive my existence of Baruch Hu, I live it, and, and, there is no, and there is no place for Misa. I want to add a, um, a, 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 a Hemek Dover, that's the Nitziv, who says an incredible pshat, and, and I think it's let's review what he said it's pretty much, I mean he adds another, another point about Hanukkah, but I want to review the points that he said and I, I want to add a, a, a beautiful Hemek Dava um, so what he's saying is Shikha forgetting we're not talking about mental abilities people with these phenomenal photographic memories that remember everything, that's wonderful it's not, doesn't make him into a big person or a Hasha person people who have difficult memories, that in itself doesn't make you a small person Chazering and learning a lot so that you know well is very, very recommended. That's also good. But when we talk about Lashkicham Tarasecha, we're talking about a very different phenomenon. We're talking about the experience of learning and what the person experiences. Does the person feel that it goes to the core of who he is and, who, and what he is? Or is it something else? I remember when I was at Israel, I heard a story that somebody told over about his mother-in-law. And it shook me. I, I, and I was, I'd been living in Israel, I lived in Israel for 25 years. And Friday in Israel, Friday afternoon, everything is closed, Baruch Hashem. You know, unless those stores that, that choose remain open with showers. But it's, certainly when I came there, after 12, 1 o'clock, you couldn't find any stores open. And uh, that was it. So, so Friday afternoon, there was no shopping, there was there, nothing. I was sitting and talking with somebody, and he said, you know, they had a very frightening experience. It was Friday afternoon, and it got very close to Lichbenching, and his mother-in-law hadn't come home yet in the States, and everybody was worried and shocked, and who knows what, and when, and that. She ran in the last second. She said she had been shopping this store, she, this apartment store, she had been so involved, she completely forgot it was Friday, and, and, and so on and so forth. So... I remember I was shocked because I just wasn't used to the idea of, of stores being, oh, you know, it just was a different culture, different world. But the idea to us 
that it's possible. So that means if, if Friday and Shabbos, it, 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 imagine the same scenario where a woman has a baby at home waiting for something. She doesn't forget about it. You, 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 you're very, very, that's you. Everything else is on the side. There's an extraordinary hemic dover. That's an itziv. It says like this. We say we, we, in, in, in Parashat Kisavo, it says that when you bring the, every three years, you have to get rid of all the accumulated chumas and maestras. You can hold on to them, but at the end of three years, you have to get rid of it, and it's called beer maestras, and you either are it and you bring it to Shlaim, or you, or, or you, today we put it, throw it out the Yamamel, and so on. Everything has to be gotten rid of. Clean it, clear the house. You say a vidu, you say a little formula, and you say basically the gist of it is, I performed all the mitzvahs, I did whatever you said, I ate it properly, I took care of it properly, I didn't misuse it. That's what it is. And then, you know, it says, um, and it says, I wasn't over on any of that virus, and I didn't forget any of them. What does that mean I didn't forget any of them? Yes, you know, it's, it's, it's not good to forget. But, but what kind of vidu is it I didn't forget? So he says, And now he says uh, an insight. The Afagab, the Kaimel, and Beshilipek, based on the Kaimel, the Shikha, who owns Let's say a person forgets that he has, this is the case that Mark gives, forgets he has a rock in his pocket. And it falls out, and kills some or hurts somebody. Is that called an onus? In which case you'd only be responsible for Nezek, a, a smaller amount, or is that considered some sort of mazit? And he's responsible for f- four or five different elements. And not, not important to go into these halachas. It's just it, it's it's a much different level of responsibility if it's an onus. Forgetting that you had something. I forgot, I completely forgot that I have a knife in my pocket and, and when I gave the guy a big hug he, 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 got, he, got, he, got, he got a cut with the hug together. So what's the what's the, um, what's the halacha? So it says that if you forget it's an onus. So he says an onus means it's, an, it's, an, it's beyond your powers and so on. Eino elo achalon schai if it happened when the person saw I was in my house and I decided I might need a knife for something, I don't know, maybe I want to travel somewhere and I wanted some extra attention at the TSA or something, and I put a knife in my pocket. Okay, and I forgot about it. And so if I put the knife in my pocket because I was going on a, on a fishing, hunting, whatever it was, I forgot about it. And then I meet somebody, give him a big hug. There, the Allah is, that's called onus. Um, so he says... If I if if I met the person, I meet the person. We're together, and I say, "Ah, here's a knife. We'll take it along for the trip." That's no longer an accident because I have responsibility. Once responsibility is set in, because there's another person in the picture, then I'm not allowed to relegate the knife 
to the to, to the to the to the to the hard drive. I need to constantly sit and think. Responsible for the person, responsible for the person. Knife is not good, be careful. Knife's not good. That has to be in my active memory. Because once responsibility sets in, that's what we have to treat it. So shikha, forgetting, really is a factor that depends on a person's attitude of where he puts that information. So to sum it all up, the, 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 um, the point of Torah is that it's Torah's chayim. It's something that is supposed to become part and parcel of our self. And it's supposed to come into that core of self that you can't forget it as long as this is you. I, I, I just told a story that, you know, with the difference between there, there was a, a guy might start in your shine named Rabbi Yosef Rubin Zechan Those of you who've ever had children in Shiva and they collect for Yosef Chai, it's named after him. Rabbi Yosef Rubin was a very big Talmud Chacham, a Chashua person. He was a guy by Tzadkin. Every Thursday and Friday, he would go through all the places and collect Tzadkin, give it out. He was an extraordinary special person. Um, this, he has a son-in-law who's one of the huge Shemichom Yishlaim Tzvi Cheshen and um, he had a stroke he was not an, an old man he had a stroke, fell into a coma and was Nifta and when he was in that, in that phase of you know, after the coma sort of in the coma going towards the end he, um, you know, the doctors told him it's important to talk, to stimulate him to see the snap Nothing. It was a few weeks before Pesach. And someone said to him, Rabbi Yosef, what's going to be with all the people who need the money that you collect from them for Pesach? And he started crying. That means that if there was a core, that, that the, 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 the awareness and the memory and the, uh, of, of, of what he was doing was at the core of his person. It wasn't another piece of important information. That was at the very, very core of his personality. And that's why, and that's why if, as long as he was breathing, this would still be there. Torah is meant to be Torah's Chaim. And, and if we live it that way, so, so that, that if a, on Shabbos, if we were on a high enough Madriga, on Shabbos our mind would constantly be Half our mind would be occupied with beware, be careful, um, you know, remember, and so on. Zachor and so Shabbos. We have that in memory. If we, if if we, if if our, or better said, in as much as our attitude of Torah is lifne Hashem, that Hashem was talking. He didn't give us the Torah. He didn't tell us the Torah. But he's talking the Torah to us. Then we would have that same sense of immediacy and imminence that wouldn't allow for forgetting to take place. Hanukkah was a time when the Yuvanim tried Lashkicham Torah Secha, which means to, to take the same, the same information, the same knowledge, and give it a different spin, relegate it to the world of another academic discipline. It's nice, it's interesting, it has value, it has truth, but it's not something that comes to the very core. Those things that come to the very core, those things that lift Hashem like this, that there's no shikha. In shikha lifekisik vodecha, those things that a person, those things that a person is aware of, in the context of being lifne Hashem, those are the things that stay forever, and there's no shikha, and there's all ashkirim to Hashem.